1: Hey, to Eric Roberts it's episode number 48 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man the world's number one Eric Roberts related podcast throughout Europe I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me is my sword and sandal sporting co-host Liam O'Donnell how are things Liam you know Liam we're entering the the summer months don't you think we're getting closer to the summer months
0: not close enough for my taste but yes uh the the big marker around me is this weekend opens up drive-in season. All the drive-ins around me are opening up for the season this weekend.
1: Now, my understanding, Liam, is that you live in 1955 where drive-ins are still a thing that people attend.
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, I live in the mm-hmm. Lehigh Valley, which is sort of like uh, – it's, it's like 1955, only slightly more racially
1: diverse. I had uh, – back in Newfoundland when I was growing up, we had a drive-in cinema. Mm -hmm. And it was very nice. I remember seeing a double feature of Batman in 1989, uh, followed by Dead Calm, uh, and that my brothers and I – and I was like eight years old at the time. uh, Dead Calm was not something I should have been seeing, and I remember uh, basically saying, no one wants to see this movie. Let's go home, and that's what we did. But what's interesting about the drive in theater, Liam – Is that we had a big windstorm back in 1993 or 1994 And the drive-in theater blew down And then it was closed forever Whoa (laughs) So that's the story of the drive-in cinema In St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada Um, And now we don't have one And in fact, there was a fairly close drive-in To where I live in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada But unfortunately, that closed just a couple of years ago as well Not many drive-ins left Unfortunately, Liam.
0: Yeah, the Lehigh Valley is, for whatever reason, living in the past. So we have three drive-in theaters, one of which is a uh, film-only drive-in theater that only does what? retro Whoa. screenings on film. Yeah, it's that's pretty really,
1: great. That's pretty amazing. And also sounds like something that uh, you'd be able to support in maybe two cities in the entire country of Canada.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I think this, this particular place... Um, uh, it does well because in Lehigh Valley you're close enough to Philadelphia and close enough to New York that people will make the trip. And what they'll often right. do, what they'll often do is book stuff instead of doing one double feature all weekend. They'll do a different thing each night, and then people camp out at the drive-in overnight to do a whole weekend.
1: Liam, what's yes. the best thing about living in the Lehigh Valley?
0: Literally the uh, the drive-ins that's about it um mm, it's mostly desolate here both in a physical sense and in a cultural sense mm. um there's there's i mean if if you like um pennsylvania german food there's some interesting places to eat uh and i guess if if you want to be within uh a couple hours of a city but you don't want to be any place near a city that it's a good place to live
1: that's where I am right now, just far enough away from Toronto, actually, Liam.
0: Yeah, I, I pretty much hate hate that part of it. I would like to be closer, but uh, that's well, just like
1: You're a big city man, and I know that, Liam. Sure. <laughs> sure. All right, stop talking. Our guest today is one of the former operators of the late lamented Toronto Underground Cinema, as well as a writer, actor, and director. His latest film, Deadline, premiered at the Toronto Indie Film Festival in 2016. It's Charlie Lawton. How are you doing today, Charlie? Not too bad. Yourself? doing great. You know why? Because we today are going to talk about Eric Roberts from pillar to post, I say.
0: Always a good time.
1: Yeah, well, maybe. Actually, you know what? That's not a very accurate thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) I've recorded 48 episodes, not always a good time. But I do have faith, confidence even, that today we are going to have a good time talking about two Eric Roberts Projects. Charlie, I've known you uh, tangentially for years and years, but this is actually, I believe, the first time that we've uh, spoken to one another.
0: I believe so, yeah. First time speaking voice to voice, not just texted
1: online. Yeah, strangely enough, Charlie, uh, I actually have a producer credit on a documentary that you're featured in the that's rep awesome. from yeah and uh that's such a weird thing because i uh, had seen that movie a number of times because i i knew the director fairly well uh and uh and so i feel like i know you even though this is the first time that we've actually gotten a chance to talk how nice is that that's
0: a surreal and cool feeling
1: how cool is it anyway to be a central part of a great documentary like the rep
0: uh, it's pretty surreal like that doc is fantastic uh morgan did an amazing job with it it's uh the further and further i get away from it because it's it's been a few years now it's Mm -hmm. it's actually really cool to have literally a video scrapbook of a year out of my life which was uh like not the calmest or smoothest year so there's a lot of very intense and interesting memories and being able to revisit them from the outside is great
1: for those who haven't seen The Rep, it's a documentary uh, involving Charlie and two other people running a repertory cinema in Toronto uh, and all the difficulties and frustrations that they encountered trying to do that. It's a very uh, – it's a, I think it's a very real movie in a lot of ways and something yeah. that if you're a big – uh, Morgan like also
0: did a great job of – he went to a lot of rep cinemas all around North right. America and kind of mirrored the story of our first year with the struggles of cinema all across not just Canada but America as well. And yeah, it, it, you
1: know. Charlie, sorry to interrupt you, but I did want to ask, what do you think of the repertory cinema uh, culture in Toronto at the moment?
0: Uh, I think there's a lot of great holdouts that are keeping the flame alive. There's few and far between, but there's, uh, the Royal does a lot of amazing stuff nowadays. Carlton actually does some pretty fantastic screenings, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's uh, Lightbox, of course, shows some amazing stuff on print and some true classics. Like There are a lot of good places keeping it going. It's just not easy
1: charlie tell me about deadline the movie that you directed
0: uh, so deadline is a passion project for years i had uh, a friend of mine wrote the script and we tried to make it like years before i even started the cinema and then um shot it while we were still working there we actually used the cinema in a few scenes and it's just a, a existential comedy about trying to do something with your life even after you die
1: I have yet to see it, but I am very, very curious about checking it out. Is there a way for people to check it out right now?
0: Uh, not at the moment. We just, as you said, we had our screening at ToND in the fall. We've submitted mm-hmm. to a couple other festivals, so we're waiting to see how it goes on the festival circuit. And we're trying to talk to some distributors and get it out there because it's been a very long time, and I would like people to see it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, Charlie. What is your Eric Roberts history? Where, where, when did you first become aware of the man himself?
0: Um. Probably when I first kind of really took notice would be The Dark Knight, because I loved his role in that and thought, oh, this guy's I haven't great. heard of that one
1: before. Yeah. Is that, a, is that an independent, independent film? Yeah, it's
0: a small little indie one. It's uh, based on, like, some black and white graphic novel. Uh, <laughs> Nerdy. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty mainstream. I don't really think anyone's heard of it.
1: Now, Charlie, you're a big fan of The Dark Knight. That's my understanding.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a minor understatement, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, to explain it to the people who are listening. How big of a fan are you? I will. I'm a massive Batman fan, and I think Dark Knight is not only the best live action Batman movie, but it's in my top three best films of all time.
1: Now, did you qualify that with live action to leave room for Mask of the Phantasm?
0: I did, yes, because Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as the Joker. <laughs> like,
1: you can't, uh, I can't list, imagine Batman without hearing those voices. So you became really aware of Eric Roberts for his role in the Dark Knight is there any other performances by him that that have stuck out to you
0: um no i can't think of anything identical that stuck out it's just he keeps being that face that i'll see in a lot of roles and it'll pop up that's after the dark knight i noticed every role like every actor in that whenever they popped up it's like oh hey it's that guy from dark knight and eric <laughs> roberts got the most hits on that for me <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting because he's had such a kind of long lasting career, but I will say that when I see articles about Eric Roberts, which I see a surprisingly large number of times because of my Google alert for Eric Roberts, <laughs> uh, it almost always they almost cite him as Eric Roberts and then they'll put next to his name like his most famous role, and the Dark Knight tends to be it in recent years. So I think that you're not alone in that, Charlie. I think a lot of people connect Eric Roberts with the Dark Knight. Well it's it's
0: it was a huge multi billion dollar hit and Everyone talked about it, so I can see for him, He it's also that or, you know, the guy from the Killers video.
1: That's that's a very good point as well. You know, Charlie, there's a part in The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan movie about Batman, where uh, a police officer is putting a criminal or perp into a car. And uh, I think he says something like, uh, have a nice trip, see you next fall, which is a joke that people sometimes make Uh when when people are tripping. And uh, I thought that line was a really bad line in the movie. Do you recall that line at all? I do, yeah. Do you think that's a bad line in the movie, The Dark Knight? I don't know if I'd say it's a bad line. It's <laughs> it's a corny line. It's because it's mm-hmm.
0: it's what, you know, a cop would probably say. They're, cops aren't normally known for being eloquent and witty, especially the character it's supposed to be Bullock.
1: That's a really good point. And in fact, uh, as was established in the last episode, Liam... My co-host on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. He hates cops. Isn't that right, Liam? Yeah, that's basically true. Mm-hmm. Charlie, what do, you, what do you think about the police? Uh, it depends on uh, which one. Let's talk about the OPP, which is the Ontario Provincial Police. Uh, well, aside from when um, I'm getting tickets from them, uh, they're quite nice. Mm-hmm. You see, we have a much more calm and measured response to the police here in Canada, Liam. What do you think? I mean, it just added to the list of things Canadians are weak on. Mm, we are weak, no doubt about that. <laughs> well, you know what's you know what's not weak? What? The two feature films that we're going to be discussing on <laughs> Eric Roberts is the fucking man, episode number forty-eight. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, before we get into the robbers report, Charlie? What movies did we watch this week?
0: Well, we watched uh, Cyclops and Human Centipede
1: Three Final Sequence people have been clamoring at me to to discuss Human Centipede 3. It is one of those, well, it's one of those movies that actually had a theatrical release that features Eric Roberts, but I think a lot of people are still shocked sometimes to hear that Eric Roberts even appeared in it, because the franchise is obviously very controversial. Uh, and for those who haven't seen a Human Centipede movie or don't know what Human Centipede films are, we'll get into that in just a little bit. We're going to get into the down and dirty details on it. But before that, we have to catch up on the latest Eric Roberts news. It's the Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 48 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And there is again, of course, inevitably, Huge Eric Roberts news going around this week on the internet Uh, The biggest news perhaps is the knowledge that Eric Roberts right now is in Qatar That's right, he's filming something I'm actually not sure what But he's mentioned uh, frequently recently on his Twitter feed That he's in Qatar filming something And we can always know where Eric Roberts is in the world Because he will always tweet at the airline that he's going to be flying on To let them know how much he's looking forward to being on their airline Liam, why do you think he does that? Um, I'm hoping
0: it's so that he can get free stuff. Like, yeah. he assumes hmm. if he hits them up, he'll show up and they'll be like, oh, Mr. Roberts, here's your, I don't know, Evian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> free Evian.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I, I should fly this more often. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you get. I've never gotten any cool stuff on a plane. So like, yeah. I don't know what it is about first class that's so hype. It seems a lot, oftentimes to involve alcohol, which is meaningless to me. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is that's so so chill up there.
1: How about legroom? You know, I'm a tall man, Liam O'Donnell, and I, I feel like the legroom alone would make, make first class worth it.
0: Well, but as you know, I am a short man, mm. and so uh, legroom is mostly meaningless to me.
1: Charlie, have you ever flown first
0: class? I've flown business class once, mm. mm-hmm. which is like the uh, Air Canada step below first class, but step above the plebeian seats.
1: That's right. And what, what was the advantage of flying business class?
0: Uh, it was pretty great, actually. You got a lot of leg room. You had, uh, this was back when planes didn't have personal TVs on every seat, so you got right. that. Uh, the food was actually edible. Um, it was.
1: They get, they get better food in first class or business class. Do you get do. any
0: free shit? Was there like any swag? Free shit? Yeah, you get like a slippers and a little blanket and what
1: okay now we're talking my language how about a hot towel did you get a hot towel
0: oh yeah you got two one at the start one at the end
1: oh my fucking shit
0: (laughs) I feel like the cost though of first class and some flights not all flights but some flights I'd like a pedicure I think I should end the flight having had my nails done
1: I feel like you're just being silly now Liam O'Donnell and though I love the goofs and grins we need to get to the news The news of Eric Roberts. Recently on the Eric Roberts Twitter feed, on April 15th, 2017, Eric Roberts wrote, The past becomes the future if it bears too much resemblance to the present. Charlie, thoughts? Uh, Seems like he was having some pretty good weed at the time. (laughs) I think that is inevitably true. (laughs) But do you think it's a true sentiment? The past becomes the future... If it bears too much resemblance to the present, do you think that that is like an extension of uh, that we will repeat the past, uh, that, that we're doomed to repeat it? Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely
0: it? uh, it's like the old joke. if uh, Those who don't study history are deemed to repeat it, and those that do study history are deemed to stand around saying, you idiots, we've already done this.
1: That is a very funny joke. Hey, do you like People Magazine, Charlie? I don't mind it. Well, I can't say I've ever actually they...
0: read one, but I, I <laughs> like the
1: covers when I walk by them. <laughs> they do have very pretty and uh, appealing covers, I guess to catch our attention while we're waiting in line at stores. But, you know, every year they do a world's most beautiful woman issue. And for the year 2017, there's, I don't know much about this actress, someone named Julia Roberts is the most beautiful woman in the world. Liam, thoughts on that?
0: Is she related to Eric? You
1: know, my understanding is... That Eric Roberts, his sister, is Julia Roberts. We don't talk about Julia Roberts on this show mm. very much. I don't want to distract people away from the Eric Roberts centeredness of the show. Well, his, she uh,
0: was in that one movie, though.
1: That one, uh, Red, Blood Red, what was it called? I can't remember. Dennis yeah. Hopper did a horrible Irish accent. I before.
0: think it was Blood blood Red. Is that right? Blood Red. That Wait, sounds... Dennis Hopper did sounds... an Irish accent? I need to see
1: this oh, right it's, now. it's so bad. It's Fiddly, Fiddly, Hello, I'm Dennis Hopper. I'm going to go to the rainbow. Don't steal my gold. That sort of thing. Amazing. It's pretty terrific.
0: It was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, she like tried to have a career offside of Eric. Like I was in a few there's
1: like some old thriller Sleeping the Enemy is pretty good, but I don't think she's done much else. She was in one of the oceans movies, I think. Anyway, back to the, the the topic at hand. World's most beautiful woman. Now, Liam, what A, what do you think of magazines ranking the beauty of women? And uh and B, what do you think of Julia Roberts as this choice?
0: Well, I you you, uh-huh. put me, you, put me in, you put me in a conflict here because I, don't, I know I don't particularly <laughs> like the idea that this that magazine it's not just this one, but multiple magazines have to let you know who they've decided is the most beautiful man or woman or whatever the fuck that that whole thing bums me out. So then for me to express my opinion on their choice kind of feels mm-hmm. a little bit hypocritical.
1: I, I can see. What you're saying, though, I will say that I was happy to see that Eric Roberts actually retweeted this out. You know, a lot of people think that they have a very uh, tumultuous relationship, but my understanding is that they've patched it up in recent years. And this certainly suggests that that Eric Roberts is proud that his sister is one of the world's most beautiful women. Now, I do think that I prefer it saying "world's most beautiful woman" over "world's sexiest woman," but I feel like maybe that's splitting hairs. Charlie Lawton, is Julia Roberts the most beautiful woman in the world?
0: I, I just think I share Liam's uh, opinion of it's kind of not our place to rank or judge people just based on looks. Um, like, Jilly Roberts is definitely a very attractive woman, and she's also cool, so I don't want to, uh... yeah.
1: <laughs> well, shes I'm sure she's
0: a regular listener, so we have to yeah, be know. very well, careful.
1: Hey, you never know,
0: man. It's, uh, she's... One day she's going to be thinking, I want to check how my brother's doing. And look around, like, wow, someone's doing a podcast on him. I'm going to listen to all 48 episodes. I and feel like,
1: I feel like you're mocking it now, but I agree 100%. It's certain to happen. I think the, world
0: could, in, the world's weird enough that that could happen. And uh, I would love to make sure it does someday.
1: Charlie, have you ever seen a movie called Eat, Pray, Love?
0: I have not. Liam? Never.
1: My wife brought me to the cinema a few years back to watch a movie called Eat, Pray, Love, and it happened uh, to star Julia Roberts, and it was based on a book, a very popular book, and my wife told me that this book was very good, and I'm like, okay, let's watch this movie, and guess what? The movie? Not very good. Not very good at all. And in fact, I would put it up there as, as being one of the worst movies even discussed on this show. What do you think, Liam?
0: Uh, I don't know I mean, Dark Moon Rising, man Dark Moon Rising
1: Eat, Pray, Love, Dark Moon Rising Neck and Neck, Golden Shoes and whatnot April 20th, Eric Roberts on his Twitter feed Wrote, it's really good Why would he write that? Well, it was in response to someone saying That they ordered a hardback copy Of Corey Feldman's new autobiography Called Choreography From Amazon (laughs) So, So Corey Feldman Just to unpack what I just said Corey Feldman has a new autobiography Called Choreography
0: New? And is this first or a continuation in a series?
1: Now that's a really great question that I do not have an answer to But if you are a listener who also runs a Corey Feldman-based podcast, please get back to us on that But Eric Roberts says that choreography, the book, is very good it, actually, actually, I don't want to misquote him It says it's really good So uh, listeners of this show should check out choreography uh, What's your favorite Corey Feldman song, Liam?
0: You know, I don't have one. It's weird. I'm actually mm-hmm. mostly unfamiliar with his music, except for the video that he most recently put out and was mocked unmercifully for.
1: It was Millennium Ascension, I believe, was the name of the
0: song. <laughs> is that the one where it's the, a the, uh, fake long take that goes through his house? Or is that an older song of his?
1: I think that might be an older song. There's a very famous video um, of Corey Feldman on an episode he's a co-host or sorry not a co-host he's a guest host of evening at the improv the comedy show from the late 80s early 90s and he was a a guest host of it and then like halfway through the show he decides he's going to perform a song so he lip syncs this song while doing all these Michael Jackson dance moves and it is literally the most cringy fucking thing I've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) these people there just to watch like Ten minutes of of comedians Just one after the other after the other Just watching in horror as this guy Sings this terrible pop song And dances like an idiot Anyway, Corey Feldman was in The Burbs What do you think of The Burbs, Charlie?
0: It's good you know. It's a uh, classic uh, Tom Hanks
1: Classic Tom Hanks Classic yeah. Joe Dante, classic Bruce Dern
0: Mm-hmm I'm also. I keep flashing back to. I really hope that the next the soft cover print of uh, choreography is going to have uh, on the cover like it's really good. Quote Eric Roberts.
1: Yes, exactly. Or or like right inside the cover, just so everyone knows how good it is, just as they're about to start. Longtime listeners of the show may remember a few months back, Liam and I were talking about an indie film called "You're Gonna Miss Me," uh, which features John Schneider from The Dukes of Hazzard. And uh, if you go on to the internet Maybe I should have put down the the link here uh, You can find the trailer for You're Gonna Miss Me Which actually looks like it'll be pretty good Despite the fact that it co-stars William Shockley, Morgan Fairchild Yes, she's still with us And Eric Roberts And it's also executive produced by Brooks and Dunn's This is Kix Brooks Is that what his fucking name is? Kix Brooks? Uh Anyway, well I mean I know you're a big uh, country fan Liam, you like country music um, is that an answer? I, that sounded <laughs> like a sound. That's
0: about all I got to say about country music. That, that was the start of an answer that just kind of trailed <laughs> off. There's <laughs> uh, a sort of trail that, out there. That's Charlie, what's your classic country music? Is just a aimless grunt for minutes on end. Charlie, what kind of music do you enjoy listening to? Uh well, the classic answer of everything except for country. Oh my! Do you like EDM music? Uh, not too much. I'm more currently listening to a mix of, uh, Hamilton, Run the Jewels, and July Talk. All at the same time? No,
1: usually one after the other. You know, Charlie, if you're in New Jersey, for some godforsaken reason, you can attend the (laughs) Ridgewood International Film Festival, which is a film festival that was happening, well, it's actually happening right now. When I say right now, I mean literally right this second it's happening. Uh, And if you were to go there, you would watch a movie called... But Deliver Us From Evil, starring Eric Roberts and Christopher Mann, which I believe we also talked about in recent months here on Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man. Uh, but unfortunately, the movie actually screened on April 27th, which is the day after the day we're recording this. So if you're listening to this, it's too late, but keep your eyes out for But Deliver Us From Evil, recently featured at the Ridgewood International Film Festival in, I guess, Ridgewood, New Jersey. I'm sorry, guys. I know I
0: said I was going to record with you, but I actually have to leave now to go get on a bus to go to New Jersey. You should go to New
1: Jersey. or uh, Actually, it's kind of funny that you would be going into New Jersey because in some of the music I like to listen to, people are getting out of New Jersey. Mm. Mostly Bruce Bruce Springsteen songs uh, that are about leaving New Jersey. What do you think about that, Liam? Leaving New Jersey.
0: I mean, considering he still hasn't actually left New Jersey, I don't know what those songs are really about. So, well,
1: maybe maybe you can't leave New Jersey
0: You really can't I mean, in a real way, New Jersey is in all of us
1: You know, there's a part in one of the boss's songs Where he refers to New Jersey as a death trap It's a suicide rap Now, you've been to New Jersey, Liam Is that accurate?
0: I think you are taking creative license with <laughs> uh, Saying that that's a description of all of New Jersey Plus... I am more of a Fuji's fan, who refer to it as the New Jerusalem. So,
1: one time, hey, what do you think about that? <laughs> two, time. <laughs> two times, two times. <laughs> Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2017's Deported. <clears throat> Let me try that again. Is 2017's Deported starring Clint Howard, Andy Dick, Nick Swardson? Robert Davy and Eric Roberts, a very interesting collection of actors there for 2017's Deported," uh, directed by good Tyler on Andy Spindell. Dick for still getting work, you know. He's worked with Eric Roberts a number of times. Apparently, they're quite close because they were on a sitcom together, which name its name escapes me at the moment. but they were on a sitcom for a number of years, uh, and uh, obviously have a relationship. But you're right, good on Andy, Dick, Good on Robert Davy, who, by the way, um, Robert Davy, great actor been in so much wonderful work, like the Goonies and uh tracks. Uh and uh but he's kind of a piece of garbage in real life. Anyone anyone know anything about Robert David? I do not, not know. Well maybe I maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but my well, understanding, enlighten us. Well his politics um uh lean heavily to the uh right uh, uh and, and very far to the right. James Woodish James Woods ish area to the right I should say. So
0: so uh, slightly alt, if you will.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't want to paint him with that brush Uh, Anyway, he's given us so many performances With his sublimely pockmarked face And I do love Robert Davey And who knows about this movie Uh, The director, Tyler Spindell, was a producer On the TV show Chelsea Lately And has directed some TV work But this is his feature debut The plot involves when his new girlfriend gets deported On a technicality Ross hires a fake husband to get her back into the country Because he's not ready to commit to marriage It sounds hilarious. It sounds like a movie that is very of the moment because, uh, obviously, um, immigration is such a hot-button issue. Uh, Liam, will you be checking out Deported from 2017?
0: I mean, I don't think I have a choice in the matter, right? No.
1: No, you made a blood oath, Liam. And if you were to say, no, I'm not checking it out, I'd have to remind you. But thankfully, you said that you don't have a choice. Charlie, will you check out Deported? Uh, I think I can
0: safely say the only way I'm going to watch that is if I get invited back to the show. Clint Howard,
1: what are your thoughts, Charlie? Um, you know he's an actor. He's getting work. He is. He's usually getting work in his brother Ron Howard's films it's true I, I do like
0: to see uh family helping each other out in Hollywood. It is actually kind of nice like, oh cool, you didn't just become a dick and forget everyone around you when you started be- making movies
1: like like uh like Chris Nolan and his brother Jonathan Nolan. Mm. yeah, so, yeah, I brought it all back exactly. It's a good loop It's. Hel- and ba- Help Sorry, me, Liam,
0: yes. Help me out with this. Clint Howard, was he the guy in Evil Speak?
1: Yes. Yes. Love and him. the ice cream man.
0: Yeah, into it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he's done lots and lots of other stuff as well, but yes. Uh, yeah, but I, I highlighted that. He's, that's what's important. He was in Evil Speak, all right? That's a very good point. Now... That we've cleared up that We need to take our first break It's very, very important that we get into the Eric Roberts meat of this discussion When we return from this break We're going to talk about 2008's Cyclops A made-for-TV movie shot in Bulgaria Featuring Eric Roberts as Caesar <laughs> It's uh, it's quite something And we're going to get into it right after this I tell you how the rock And then you go and turn was sick. My defeated heart keeps beating on. I won't die like Chucky won't die, but I'm not here to socialize. The corrupt emperor Tiberius Forces his bravest general Marcus To subdue the monstrous Cyclops That has been decimating the countryside Once the Cyclops is brought to the dungeons Marcus is forced to fight in the gladiatorial games Eventually he and the Cyclops become allies And they fight together To defeat the corrupt emperor and his evil nephew Along with the beautiful barbarian Barbara <laughs> It's 2008. Cyclops uh, from director Declan O'Brien, who longtime listeners of the show might recognize as the director of Sharktopus, also the director of Wrong Turn 3, 4, and 5, as well as Joyride 3. And I very he actually. Joyride sure
0: on the Wrong Turn series.
1: Yeah, no kidding, right? He's like, well, that's enough of this. Now I need to do something really different, something very similar. Um,. I want to get your thoughts On this Made for TV movie I was actually Pleasantly surprised by it Mostly because My expectations Were fairly low A lot of this Like made for sci-fi Or even the asylum uh, Style uh, fare That goes uh, Direct to DVD It can be Pretty mundane stuff It can be Very winky At the camera It can be Kind of unpleasant to watch, and also feel very sanitized because of its made-for-TV origins, this movie actually has a fairly large amount of violence in it. Uh, it it actually has a lot of forward momentum as well, despite being absolutely fucking ludicrous. Let's start with our guest. Charlie, what did you think of 2008's Cyclops? Uh, I, honestly, it's terrible and awful, and I kind
0: of dug it. Yeah. Like it As it went on, when it started, it was like, oh, this is, this is going to be fucking painful. Like This is the effects in this are just agonizing and the acting is probably worse and the (laughs) costumes are just visibly cardboard (laughs) they're not even hiding the fact that that's just a spray painted pizza box and uh so i was like going into this like this is this is gonna be a hard sit to get through an hour and a half but it just got so ridiculous and so crazy and it just sort of The fact that it repeats the same scene over and over and over again. (laughs) Someone escapes. They fight. Something really needlessly brutal and gory happens, but really shittily done gory. And then they go back to jail. And then there's some scene in a bedroom with some sleazy slave guy. Repeat. And, like, that's it. It just, it kind of won me over. It was, I could imagine that this was a modern day version of, or a very shitty version of, like, Sinbad's Voyage or those type of adventure, goofy films from back then, which right we love because like nostalgia and charm, and they are good and charming. But there was a lot of really bad ones that were made back then as well. And it, just it really mod- reminded
1: it reminded me most of of like a sixties peplum film, like an Italian sword and sandal type movie, simply yeah. because of the threadbare nature of it, the loose mythology of it. But what I like most about it is the idea that. They had, obviously, very little money. They were shooting in Bulgaria. But they wanted to make something epic. And so they did all they could to make this look epic, even if it came down to making cardboard swords and cardboard shields for these people to use. Yeah, like, they actually, some of the scenes, they hit extras. Uh,
0: Some of them, they clearly didn't get to keep them for the whole week. But (laughs) good on them. They thought of some pretty creative ways to shoot around that. Um, Like, it's... It feels like almost the type of movie you would see that like your friend in film school would have made during the <laughs> summer, and they only had like a twenty dollar budget. It feels like that. So even when it's bad, you're kind of be like, "Oh,
1: you're like oh, you're trying. Good on you." <laughs> we we give a lot of A's for effort here. On Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Over to you, Liam. What were your thoughts on two thousand eight's Cyclops?
0: I mean, the the. It, it feels very community theaterish in the level of acting. I mean, mm-hmm. A- A- Eric Roberts is doing his thing, and the—I don't know the name of the actor who is his like toady. Right. Um, that that guy was actually pretty good. Otherwise, it's pretty painful as far as people's performances, but it's also sincere. Uh, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't have the camera winkage of which you were originally referring. Mm. It, 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 it plays very straight to me. Uh, the only thing that is continually to me just insane is this Cyclops CGI, which is <laughs> just terrible. And then when they go to the practical, like, okay, now we have to show him grab someone to make it more real it's they just couldn't get a glove that was believable <laughs> it's real and the first couple times it happens i'm like oh god damn it this is not going to work but by the end i'm like yeah woo cyclops I, um I, I, know, <laughs> a lot of the movie doesn't work i mean a huge part of the plot of the film hinges on the cyclops understanding that though he may follow what society claims of him, he will never truly be free. I mean, really, that's... The Cyclops supposedly figures that out based upon a very short conversation. No, the conversation is literally never free, Cyclops, never free. And then we're (laughs) supposed to get Cyclops who just learned the word meat. I mean, that's where we're at. It's not (laughs) like he's got a vocabulary. He was just like oh, mean, OK, you know, all of a sudden now he like gets that. He'll never be free that all of that is very ludicrous. And, you know, even even the idea that the, the the Cyclops is just he's just hungry. He's just upset and he's hungry. And that's why he keeps eating people. And you just can't blame him for that. It I don't know. So there's a lot there that's goofy. I still it was fun. It had it like you said, it had momentum. It didn't get boring. Um, even the things that were bad were bad in a way that was like, Fun for me, it it never got to the point where I was like, "Oh, fuck you!" Like it, it really, it was a good time. Again, I don't know that I would recommend it, but if someone already likes these sorts of movies, it's certainly, I think, better than some of the ones I hear a lot about.
1: Yeah, I think it's in an upper echelon of these kind of movies, which again have a very low bar. But I do want to keep focusing on the Cyclops himself for a few minutes. When we first encounter the Cyclops, actually, we first encounter him uh, attacking three criminals who have wandered upon uh, his flock of sheep. And that's, I, it, it kind of confused me a little bit of how intelligent are we supposed to think this Cyclops is, where he's kind of built this small like little uh, house for himself with, 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 with a herd of sheep that he cares for, apparently, uh, and that he kind of gets enraged when someone tries to encroach on this on this piece of land, but in every other part of the movie, he really seems to be just on the verge of being entirely mindless, almost a Frankensteinish character that is just out to um, to, to strike out at the world in some way. There's a great part in this movie where this kid is taunting uh, the Cyclops as he's as he's chained up, and then the kid grabs a, uh, a stool in order to get closer to his face, and uh, you're never going to guess what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> it bites his fucking hand off Because fuck that kid And that's another thing I think the Cyclops is obviously presented to be very sympathetic In this movie Even when he acts violently he they, they always establish that the people he's acting violent towards Are pieces of shit in some way Like they're either taunting him Or they're just kind of like. There's a part where he comes upon these three drunkards in the town square Which by the way This is supposed to take place I think in Rome But there appears to be a, Instead of it being The most densely populated city In the entire world It appears to have like 20 people in it In one uh-huh. one square In the middle But like the, the, the Cyclops comes towards These three drunk guys And one of them Immediately picks up Like a big uh, piece of pottery And just really in- <laughs> Shittily <laughs> Throws it at the Cyclops, which is not what you want to do, right? I mean, it really seemed like that was a bad idea. And it did... I, I, Yeah, okay, please. They've already established the Cyclops eats people. All you've
0: heard about it is we got a monster who eats people, we run him into town, and now he just eats people in front of a big crowd of people for, for, for our enjoyment. So I'm sorry. If I see this thing coming towards me, my first thought isn't like... He's probably
1: misunderstood.
0: I'd throw a pot too. I'd probably throw a couple pots. And then, and then what he doesn't do, I would run away though. I would throw a couple pots and then I'd run there away.
1: There you go. I think that's the key because these guys did not and their heads were plucked from their shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and rolled unconvincingly on the ground. Uh, but the Cyclops itself, as, uh, as Charlie alluded to earlier, is very poor looking. It's very, very poor. I mean, it really is sub... um, Even even sub, like, Ray Harryhausen ripoff type, uh, type, uh... type both as design... It's some of
0: the worst CGI I think I've ever seen, including, like, early, old, like, Tron CGI first off, and we don't really know how computers work bad. Right? This is... This makes, um... a bad, shitty, cheap PlayStation 2 game look like it has next-gen graphics. Mm. Like, it's... It's amazing how badly inserted it is into the film. Like, there's no... It has these one scene where it falls and lands on steps. And they <laughs> play the sound effect of this big crunch. And you can clearly see the steps behind it. There's no, like, impact or anything. Uh, there's <laughs> okay. a scene where he's chained up and he's whipping the chain and a block back and forth at people. And you can... It moves through them at one point. Like, the, the block that's <laughs> supposed to knock them over and they all fly back. If you watch it, it
1: clearly passes through them a bit before they fly back it's i mean it (laughs) there's some issues with the special effects in this movie but i mean i guess in some ways that makes it even a little bit more endearing like you were saying before where it feels like more of an accomplishment the very fact that this is any bit entertaining at all um now i don't want to kind of discount outside of outside of this bad cg and the fact that a lot of the props are obviously very poorly made uh, I want to go back to what I was saying about the idea of the scope of this story. I mean, it basically is mixing a monster movie with like a gladiator rip off, mushing them together, and having it all come together at the end. It is kind of an accomplishment, really, that that it works at all. It just sounds like there, there's no well, way that this like could possibly be. Ben Hur meets
0: a giant, like Ben Hur meets a giant cyclops movie with also yeah. a bit of gladiator and see- like the corrupt politicians. There's a for a. There's a lot going on in this movie. It's fairly yeah. dense. If you actually like break down the plot, it's there's about 6 major different subplots.
1: And in fact, part of the the I guess higher quality of this movie might go down to its writer Francis Dole, who actually has had a long Career, we didn't mention by the way that this film Was produced of course by Roger Corman uh, And she's had a long history with Roger Corman, go- going back to the 1960s in fact, but she wrote Big Bad Mama and Crazy Mama uh, Or the story for Crazy Mama And the story for Sport, as well as the story For Avalanche, which is getting a lot of, a lot of Attention lately, but she also uh, In more recent times, wrote uh, Raptor, which featured Eric Roberts As well, as well as a <laughs> (laughs) series of dinosaur-related entertainment, Dino Croc, Super Gator, and Dino Shark. Uh, It seems like she's really kind of focusing on um, those, for now, popular monster movie of the week type sci-fi movie uh, or sci-fi channel type movies. Uh, But I mean, this one really does seem a cut above. There's obviously a little bit more of an effort being made, even in regards to the dialogue, which again, Let's talk about the acting again, just for a moment. Some of the performances here are just wretched. I mean, uh, Liam, I, I know you mentioned. Um, I think Craig Archibald is the name of the actor who uh, who plays kind of the slimy number one to mm-hmm. to Eric Roberts' character. He's pretty decent, and he yeah. certainly gets his just desserts at the end. And well, yeah. we have Eric Roberts. We have Eric Roberts, of course, doing his usual performance, which we'll get yeah. to in just a moment. But the rest of the lead performances, the, the, the all, main guy, yeah, oh yeah. Let's start with you, Charlie. What, what yeah. you have some thoughts on these actors? Yeah,
0: the ginger slave, the one who's like always screaming oh, and he dear gets where he gets his like hand stabbed, then he's crucified. It's like, oh,
1: it's his performance is agony. I just wanted him dead the second he appeared on screen. Yeah, it's that's
0: oh. that would be my uh, limit of the worst of the film.
1: <laughs> uh Liam, uh, how about yourself? Uh so
0: what our main character's name is Marcus? Marcus! Marcus. He, he is the gentleman who has been doing like uh soap operas and community theater for 20 years yes. and he really <laughs> should have just stopped a long time ago but he just won't he just won't stop and it's embarrassing for everyone like i just everything about him it, he wasn't just bad but I, I felt like a little bit of an energy suck from him when he was on screen like other people are like trying to carry him a little bit like come on man like the cameras on we should we should probably be doing the scene right now and he just didn't seem to be there I don't know he, he something about him just really rubbed me the wrong way uh and the um and then so let me get this straight the barbarian woman is named Barbara is that correct Barbara the barbarian okay that's Woo! fucking ridiculous but uh she also was not my favorite I I don't know I Usually in a in a in a production like this, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of scene of scenery eaters, you know, a couple of people right. who are really like, look at me, I'm really acting right now, and uh, <laughs> and I feel like if there had been a few we'll, of those, we'll get to someone like that in just a little bit. By the way, <laughs> sure, of course, of course we will. But uh, I I think this production could have done well with a few more of those. It's really it's really Eric Roberts and uh, the other gentleman. And that's about it. Everyone else is kind of like uh, they just seem like a little bit of a fish out of water in every scene. It's strange. Yeah, yeah when you're doing does this kinda... type of film, you got to swing for the fences. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a little harder also when you're being sort of that white bread good guy, right? Uh, where where they're they're being very restrained in regards to how they're they're presenting him. I mean, even from the beginning, when all the people around Marcus are they're they're showing themselves to be complete pieces of garbage. There's always this sense that he's supposed to be the more honorable version of that, but you're right, he has so little screen presence or charisma. I did find the actor who played the leader of the slave revolt to be more interesting and the idea that he's had history with Marcus in the plot. I feel like that's something that I wish they explored a little bit deeper because that's way more interesting than uh, you know, Marcus and his guys, who by the way, They do this really stupid thing where Eric Roberts basically says that Marcus can either... um, After Marcus um, does not help with the slave revolts, to stop a slave revolt because one of the slaves was actually his, who he had given freedom to. uh, Eric Roberts basically makes him a gladiator and forces him to fight in the arena. But before he does that, he gives him the option that he can either go free... And let his men doll die instead Or he can go into the stadium As a gladiator Which again is supposed to make him a more honorable person But also what the fuck are you thinking Eric Roberts Killing all of these great soldiers For no reason at all Why didn't you just say you have to become a gladiator well, It wasn't even
0: that he was killing um, all the soldiers It was half of them
1: That's right. Half, half of had them
0: had to stand, step forward and kneel down And their buddy who was standing next to them Had to stab them in the neck Yeah which is like how the hell is half the army just il- instantly willing to be like oh yeah I'll kill my
1: brother in arms totally i guess i guess they're all like well there's no way he's going to let us die he's going to go into the stadium instead to show that he has honor um it it's a uh, yeah i mean there's a little a lot of very odd moments <laughs> in regards to the plot of this movie but now i want to turn to one Mr. Eric Roberts the actor the actor who gives this show its name he is the one and i mean we can say this uh, Unequivocally he's the one name actor In this movie It it, it even starts with Eric Roberts in Cyclops he is the star He does get a And his performance shows he knows it Yeah, right? Well, I mean, he also gets A fairly significant amount of screen time In this. He is not the star of it, really I mean, he's the star, but he, he certainly doesn't have The most time on screen But it does keep returning to him throughout He does get a death scene, which we'll talk about in just a second Um, And he is Playing, you know, a scenery-chewing Baddie to some extent What did you think of the performance of Eric Roberts in Cyclops, Liam?
0: You know I liked it, I, it's, it it's hard because Um a lot of the movies resting on him, and he's bringing a lot of uh, charisma in some ways, like to the role. But it's also, as we've discussed before, it's something that we see from him a good deal. It, it, it didn't like stick out to me as a performance. It wasn't like unique in any way. But
1: but uh, I don't know. I like it. I,
0: I'm kind of surprised. I'm not used to seeing him quite as regal as
1: Caesar. Um, it is kind of funny to hear that Southern drawl coming out of fucking Caesar's mouth.
0: Well, and that's the thing. A lot of these movies, are not that they pulled this off with too many of the actors, but there's usually like that British accent thing. It's just like sure. anything classic has to be British. In this movie, they're pretty inconsistent with the accents as far as uh, our actors go. So, um, But it was a little interesting. The first time Eric Arger was doing his thing, I was kind of like, oh, we're just going to go with Caesar's just... You know, got a laid back attitude. I guess I <laughs> well, he kind of had like a. It played it sort of like a gangster. He played it a lot like he did Malroney in Dark Knight. He had that kind of sure sleazy, yeah, I know him in charge and bite me right.
1: type of attitude.
0: Well, and this is ti- this is Tiberius, right? Is the which of the Caesars this is? That, you that's,
1: know? yeah, it's supposed to be Tiberius. That's yeah, what. yeah, yeah.
0: So he's he's a he's a bad dude. Like er, er, this is this is a familiar sort of lane for Eric Roberts, which is like, I'm, I'm smarmy, you can't trust me, I might be saying something nice right now, but pretty soon you're gonna hate me sort of thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy you love to hate, right, Liam? Oh, I love it. Well, tell me, Liam, how does Emperor Tiberius Caesar in 2008 Cyclops meet his end? Well, uh,
0: <laughs> there's a moment where our hero uh, is facing the Cyclops, And then a bunch of people sort of intervene to help him, and the Cyclops gets loose. The Cyclops goes on a killing spree, and eventually ends up choking out Eric Roberts uh, (laughs) with (laughs) this rubber glove that just does not. You know, I get it. Like it's supposed to be. Here is the thing: there is two. Can I? I was going to say this earlier, and I and I need to say now. There are not one but two ways that this movie. Reminded me of a little movie that I don't know if either one of you have seen called Subspecies.
1: Oh, Subspecies, a classic full moon video.
0: Uh huh, uh huh. And in Subspecies, this reminded me of Subspecies in two ways. One, Subspecies has some really painful CGI. The the subspecies themselves,
1: right? Although just... it had a better excuse since it was like what the early nineties.
0: Exactly. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Is you know, here it is. What year is this movie from? Two thousand eight. 2008, and they're they're having the same layering issues that they had in subspecies, so that's weird. <laughs> but also in subspecies, the the main bad vampire, he has these long fingers, and in multiple shots, rather than pulling away so you can't see this, they have him grab things with his long fingers, revealing that he has normal fingers, and the longness <laughs> are just these rubber things that bend. That's what happens in this movie when, when <laughs> Eric Roberts is getting choked to death by the Cyclops, the fingers are just bending everywhere in crazy weird ways.
1: I love the thumb which bends entirely the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very strange death by the way. I mean it very you know as you were saying Liam Because of the CG in this movie For close-ups They have these monster hands That's literally all they have They don't have a monster face They don't have other body parts So they have to show the monster approaching him But they can't show the monster interacting with him Because the CG isn't going to allow for that In a convincing way So the monster approaches We get a close-up of the hand grabbing his neck we have a, a huge cracking sound on the soundtrack, and then Eric Roberts just slumps over and blood pours out of his mouth. And, and it's not dead.
0: even good blood; it's it's no. very clearly like I. It's transparent. It looks like just he had a mouthful of red wine. He just like <laughs> lets his stuff drool out of his chin and then slumps back. Charlie, what did you think of Eric Roberts in this in this film? I uh, he looked like he was having a ball. It was very like sleazy. uh... Almost felt like he should be putting on sunglasses at the end of some of his lines. <laughs> like, it's and I was I was actually quite impressed by how much he was in it. I was also expecting the well he'll be in the opening scene and maybe show up at the end, but uh, he's got a pretty
1: solid runtime throughout the whole film. Now, Charlie, you've done some acting before, uh, a little bit. Now tell me, tell me what your experience is with acting.
0: Uh, acting, it depends. On screen, I mainly only do very small uh, cameos of my own stuff or right. small bit parts for others. Uh, f- and then sometime acting on stage, which I just like the energy back and forth of that kind of interacting with the crowd and the person on stage with you.
1: What's the key to uh, connecting with the people in the furthest rows when you're acting on stage?
0: Uh, projection and overacting. You really have to... Uh, whatever move you're going to do imagine it even bigger and more extreme
1: well i feel like eric roberts was was playing to the cheap seats here in 2008 sidebox yeah,
0: especially with the uh, everything he did in the um the ring like when they're at the coliseum
1: yes. his scene where
0: he says why are they all booing it's it's straight out of mr burns of
1: oh they're saying <laughs> boo burns <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that does bring us to uh, the, the, the theme, the center, the core of this show, which is whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2008's Cyclops. Sticking with you, Charlie, is he the fucking man in this movie? Absolutely. I mean, that's I, I, I like I like when you're straight down the middle. You know for sure he is the man. No dilly-dallying, no back and forth. The, I what don't do you think
0: there's think- anyone else that could be the man in this film. He, he gets one what? eye up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Liam, fucking man or no? Definitely. Definitely the fucking man. Yes, Eric uh-huh. Roberts is the fucking man in 2008 Cyclops. I think you should check it out. It's actually a fairly worthwhile. I mean, uh, the CG is terrible. Just go into that already recognizing that's going to be the case. But it does have uh, 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 the kind of pacing that you don't usually get out of these out of these movies, especially ones that are designed to have commercial breaks, where it kind of got that start and uh, stop and start to it. This one is, uh, I think, a lot more um, uh, watchable. Which is, I know, damning with faint praise, but hell, a lot of these movies are not so watchable.
0: Get a couple friends together, have like a six-pack, and joke and talk over it. Because, Lord knows, if you miss a scene, you're not going to care. Just
1: have a good time with it. It can be a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, when we return, we will be discussing the Human Centipede 3 final sequence the third of the Human Centipede Trilogy. Uh, This is the main event. Let's get to it right after this. From the Human Centipede films The warden of a notorious and troubled prison Looks to create a 500 person Human Centipede as a solution To his problems It's Human Centipede 3 Final sequence from the year 2015, just a couple of years old The third in the Human Centipede Trilogy uh, And really the one that I guess uh, Has the most uh, Mainstream appeal, I guess if you could say uh, The Human Centipede was a weird Bit of pop culture that uh, occurred a few years back uh with the, with the re- release of the first human centipede movie directed by Tom Six uh and i think the con- the the conceptual center of that movie this 100% medically accurate spin uh on the topic the idea of for those who don't know um that that the film's involved characters having their mouths uh, sewed to the anus of another person, and then making a centipede Of people where the excrement would travel through one to the next to the next yes if you if you're just hearing about this for the first time, I can imagine that you're feeling a little shocked right now but I'm so the, sorry. Con- <laughs> the concept is what carried everything to the point where you did start seeing it uh referenced in a lot of popular culture i've seen it uh even recently um It's become one of those things where people who have no concept really of the movie necessarily Or have never seen it, have no interest in seeing it They still seem to know what a human centipede is There's a lot of fan art regarding it There's a lot of of, uh, crafts and things like that around the human centipede Simply because of the concept Uh, And there now have been three films The third one uh, is a much more polished piece of work, let's say I mean, it really is It looks like it has a higher budget Uh, It has... Some name actors in it, not just Eric Roberts, but we'll get to some others in just a little bit as well. And it is professionally made. And by that, I mean, it's shot in a way that does not look terrible. Um, and the the editing is uh, competent. Uh, and I'm struggling to think of nice things to well, say.
0: I, I, I'm also going to toss out there. I will counter the first film is actually really well shot as well like, you know what that, honestly it is and i i shouldn't i shouldn't make it that, and like the this second is, one such for its flaws is also um it's grittier but it's also has some the same type of it has a visual motif going all through so uh, we're going to say some pretty nasty things about tom six coming up i'm assuming and they're all not even close to what he deserves but i will give him the films themselves None of them look amateurish. They all look right. like real legit films and the, there is quality going into that. But I'm sorry,
1: I but- I know that you want to you both want to jump in here, but I do want to say that that he does have an ability to make his films look more expensive than they mm. actually mm. are. Uh this this movie makes use of a few locations and ends up being, you know, he said in interviews that he wanted it to look like a Hollywood movie with a lot of uh, it's it's washed out look Almost like a Michael Bay-ish movie I even wanted the soundtrack to sound more like a, a Hollywood movie Though I don't know if he necessarily succeeded at that But there's obviously Effort has gone into the visuals of this movie Which makes then the content of it All the more Difficult to swallow <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Liam. I
0: mean, I mean I think that's part of That's part of the problem, right? Is that Because the way you were saying it is a uh, You know as if you were surprised and then our inclination to say, well, all three of these movies look pretty good. But yeah, the reason you're surprised is that usually something this um, utterly awful and vapid and self-serving and just empty and gross is not usually made in such a quality fashion. And I think that's part of the um, it, it, it is. I've seen more thought through, and I'm, I'm I should take that back. You have definitely seen more thought through, uh, thoughtful, really considered content made for like a hundred bucks on a fucking sure. VHS. Camera. Absolutely, like the the fact that this much money and effort went into this movie is part of what makes it so bad. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. a classic,
1: it's a classic polished turd, right? I mean, right, uh, it, it's the opposite of making a silk purse out of a sow ear. Uh, it's basically taking, um, a budget that allows for something to look very good and then filling it with excrement and filling it with just junk garbage. And let's make something very clear before we really get into the meat of this. Uh, I'm not offended by movies that are exploitative. Uh, I mean, in some Ways I I am, but it it doesn't bother me at a core level to watch something that has exploitation elements of it. I don't care about bad taste. I I actually embrace bad taste in a lot of the cinema that I watch. That doesn't bother me. I am offended by people who think that they're smarter than they actually are, or people that have uh feel like their message, the only message worth saying is. Um that the world is too politically correct, so we need to break as many barriers as possible without having any message in it. And that's what I really get out yes, of the uh, human centipede film. Thank you. Specifically like, this one.
0: Yeah, thank you. Like I, I too also love like I unabashedly love the Saw series. I think Martyrs was great. I think parts of Serbian film are good. Like it I do <laughs> not uh hate gross exploitative films. I own Cannibal Holocaust. Regret that one slightly, but still, you know, I will watch these types of films and it's not the content that bothered me, it was the smugness, I think is what it comes across.
1: This particular, by the way, we're speaking specifically of the third film. There isn't really a smugness to the first one outside of, wow, it's really going hard on its concept. Here, this is a movie that is a direct reaction to the responses to the first two films. Yeah, actually, well, that's
0: the thing. Um, I will give slight, and I mean very, very slight credit to Tom Six in the fact that Uh, He has, in fact, made a human centipede out of the film where the first one is bland, pretty inoffensive. It's like it's a gross concept, but it's a mirror. Whatever you project on the trailer, you will see in the film. If You think it's a gross thing you're ever going to see. That's what you walk out of. If you think it's hilarious, you'll walk out laughing. There's nothing really in the film to go back or forth either way. The second film is horrific and just nasty. It's gross. It's unpleasant. It's uh, just gory and uh, like sickening and how gross it is. So it would be the middle centipede that has all the awfulness of both ends being an agonizing pain. And then the last film is the same amount of awful, but not in gore and gross. It's just in uh, like sexism, misogyny, racism, yeah. like homophobia. It's just every the worst type of awful that humanity can produce, that's what the final film is. So it's all the awfulness of the first two filtered, which would be the final centipede.
1: It's sort of daring the audience to hate it as well, which is such an irritating thing to watch, which yeah. is like, oh, you hate us anyway. Just watch what we're going to do now. And it's just like, don't taunt me. I don't need to be watching this, except I made a blood oath. But otherwise, I did not need to be watching this. Liam, I do want to get your thoughts on the film before we go forward. What are your general thoughts on Human Centipede as a concept of this film in particular?
0: Well, I mean, I think the first one uh, is not any more offensive to me than just boring. Like in that yeah. it 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 had a concept. it it played it, and I thought, all right, cool. That's what you're doing. That's fine. I mean, in a sense, uh, it, it, it's sort of the equivalent to kind of like a like a one note musical artist, like someone who's like, we just do this one thing really well. And if that's not my thing, then whatever. Like, I, I I don't think it was bad at what it was trying to do. And it was not interesting to me, but it is what it is. And, and I think it has – he's not wrong in pointing out that he's created a cultural meme. But yeah. apparently, he's allowed the fact that he's created a cultural meme to make him think he's some sort of fucking goddamn genius. And this whole movie is some sort of, like, tortured meditation on how – uh, uptight everyone is and they don't get what's going on. and it, it bums me out like if this movie i mean not that it could be because without the other two movies this movie is nothing but if if the idea of this movie was someone's like first film in the sense of like here's a new filmmaker and this is what they're sort of coming with was just all this grossness for no reason then some party would be like okay well they're you know they're trying to go for something it's not for me but and They're trying to get like people's it, attention, right? Yeah, I, right? I get right, that. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. But, but that's but, not he has everyone's attention. This is him yeah. like you said, taunting
1: everyone. And, and it, also showing this is him showing that the Emperor has no clothes, right? right this is him showing right. that that any uh, that he drew everyone's attention. He's like, Look at me, look at me, look at me. And then once they were looking at him, all he could do was continue to say, Look at me, look at me.
0: Exactly. And the I think also he thinks this movie is really funny. Like that's yeah. the feeling I get is that a lot of the moments are actually played for laughs and none of it is funny. None of it is smart. There's no insight of any kind. And, um, it doesn't feel sincere, which, which is something I enjoy about some of the most offensive movies is that sure. someone's really trying to go for it in a way that, but still tell a story. And there's, there's no story here. There's just, uh, you know, castration and, Sexual assault and uh, all kind, you know. So, and you know what the thing for me is like. I am, I'm actually not too anxious about being called politically correct because I, I, it's a pretty useless, meaningless term to me. Especially because, um, I know that there's a chunk of things that I'm not offended by that probably I should be. So, sure. so when someone s- thinks I'm politically correct they are probably a mouth-breathing mutant of some kind so like there are things in this movie that i'm just like that's not it's not necessary like the the things that happen to the secretary are unnecessary it's just it just gets over the top and gross and, and and you know i mean you can say exploitative but it's like beyond that and um uh, and just a little th- the well, point is I don't want exploitative because like so many films that are actually exploitation films they were usually done in a way to kind of be like titillating or intriguing right. or interesting right. this is there's no fun in this there's no sense exactly. of like it's something horrible but hey like it's something a bad person is happening to maybe can enjoy it for that reason like she is the easily the only character that has any shred of sympathy in the film and has Everything is horrible to her and is the yeah. only like female role in the film, I believe.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I think in the trivia on IMDb, they say that there's a bus driver that shows in like one scene in the background, but she's certainly the only female character with lions. And in fact, I this is just uh, apocryphal, but uh, Tom Six apparently said that he cast a porn star in the role uh, because it, she was then representative of the female in America. Ah, oh, fuck, I hate that. Yeah, I mean, look. We also want to make it very clear that I don't care for Tom Six as a person. I think he's kind of a piece of garbage. Um, and that doesn't When I, I,
0: I, I hate that guy. I don't mean literally. I've never met him. He might be a cool yeah. dude. But I, from the per- person he presents himself as an artist with the art he pr- gives to us all, I do not like in any way, shape, or form. He,
1: he just doesn't seem conscientious in a way that, and, and when you're making films like this, then it's irresponsible to not have a certain amount of conscientiousness. Yeah. But also, he's in this movie. He plays himself in the movie itself. And I really uh, must stress, this
0: is not a like, one-scene cameo. It's right. a
1: recurring role. He, yeah, he well, and, has yeah.
0: a couple scenes where he comes back, and he just kind of sits there, smugly grinning about how cool it is he's in his own film.
1: And I mean, it's, it is shown to eventually be too much for him, and right. he vomits and things like that. What what does happen to him after that? By the way, I don't remember. He just
0: vomits and walks away, and then that's he just goes off, and I don't know. Is he's Tom Six? But uh, yeah. it's the the thing. I hate to say this because I I don't want to play down all the other gross things about this movie, but it might really truly be that the thing I am the most offended by is how not fun it is. Like. Yeah. Maybe he thinks maybe he's having fun making the movie, but I doubt it. I mean, he's having fun the way someone has fun, like ripping the wings off of a fly. But he, you know, you're making a third human centipede movie. Like, let's do something at least a little bit enjoyable here. Let's like be goofy about it. And it doesn't feel that way. Nothing about this feels fun, good times at all.
1: And also, you know what he's—he spends the movie punching down, right? I mean, that's—I yeah. know that's for those who who don't know that phrase. It's it, the idea that if you're going to be targeting someone for uh, satire, in particular, that it's you're supposed to be targeting people who have the privilege, who have uh, who are who who deserve to be targeted because of their position in the world. But here, he really is just mocking people because of their uh, their race, and uh, women in particular get the, get a lot of nasty stuff. There's jokes about. Uh, female genital mutilation and African circumcision and because uh, he's eating dried clitorises in several scenes. Um, and then there's a, a scene where, uh, I mean, castration is used as a joke in this. And again, it's like, oh, I see. He wants to be as bad taste as possible, but there's only, there's, there's a certain level you get to where the rest of it's just this kind of droning white noise that it's hard to give a shit about. But I do want to get both of your thoughts on the performance of Dieter Laser as bill boss the lead character the man running the uh the the prison in this film now he is the star of the first human centipede i think most people even the people who disliked human centipede tended to come away from that movie thinking that he gave a pretty creepy performance and uh here he really is out of his goddamn mind like it's it's kind of amazing it's it's it is kind of amazing i have to say like, it's impressive it's, on a number of different levels. He's unpleasant
0: in every scene. He's just, uh, and this is the one point you could give to maybe credence to satire because he is the epitome of what, uh, like a awful, an outsider's view of America of like the Deep South, racist, homophobic, sexist. Cowardly monster abusive, just cowboy hat wearing (laughs) sack of shit piece of like, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have him masturbating into the flag at one point. Well, he does, he does, he does kind of wipe
1: himself on the flag a couple of times.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's uh, like his character is it's unpleasant and it it does get to a point where it's like, just stop screaming, like, I'll I'll just, I want to turn down your volume a bit, but he. Out of the two main leads, uh, which is him and uh, Lawrence Harvey from the second film, right? He does the by far the best.
1: I mean, he's giving, he's putting out so much energy in his performance that in some ways I feel like it's like he it's more effort than it is talent necessarily. But I do know that he's a fairly talented actor, and he's playing such a bizarre role here. This this kind of unhinged. Fascistic, anti-communist psycho who everyone just kind of kowtows to, um, and and maybe you know again, there's a, a part of me that thought while watching it that that him as this unhinged uh, leader who everyone just allows to do whatever he wants that it actually has more resonance now as a uh, a reflective of the American kind of psyche than yeah. it did at the time that it was made. But uh, but still, we're talking about very very broad very. Obvious satire that that really doesn't go. It doesn't have a point. Doesn't have kind of a central uh, idea behind it. But I do want to get your thought, Liam. What did you think of his performance? Was it just too much?
0: Yeah, I mean, there. So it was bordering upon having a point in the sense of like, uh, there's not only is he angry and violent and all these things. He's also very clearly impotent. And there's something about that that could have been interesting but they never really play it out and then as far as his embodying of that character it's just mostly yelling and a little a little bit of like uh there's a few quieter moments i think he plays pretty well when the character is either deathly afraid or just near heart attack from exertion but uh but for the most part he's just yelling with an accent and i get that It started to feel like part of the joke was just that he doesn't speak English well. Right, exactly. And and after a while, I just started to be like, this is – you actually had something here that could have added something that might help this movie a little bit, and it it just felt wasted.
1: I do find it strange that we live in a world where a movie like like – it's not we're not everyone who is, is part of this program at the moment, we're alive in a time where certain movies, because of their content, were difficult to find. And I know Charlie, you mentioned the Saw movies earlier. Uh, and and around the time that the first Saw film came out, there was kind of a sea change in regards to availability and accessibility of certain extreme cinema, whether it be something like Martyrs or a Serbian film or Cannibal Holocaust, etc. But it's fucking weird. It's fucking strange that I can go on Netflix right now And watch The Human Centipede 3 whenever I want I mean, I love that we live in this world to some extent I mean, again, there's there's a lot of debate about, you know Digital distribution and, and the value of having a physical copy of something But just in terms of accessibility of something that in past years Would be so hard and difficult But it also tempers the extremity of what you're watching right just the idea that you know you're not sourcing this from a bootleg VHS tape you're watching this in you know digital 1080p on Netflix it just kind of uh, it there's nothing there's nothing dangerous about this movie
0: yeah it's not like you found it at some horror convention with like a not released in North America only available on this bootleg copy it's like oh my god what have I found I have to go home watch this this is just oh like it to me almost played like a gross uh south park episode like it's that kind of intensely trying to be look at me look at me and is trying to be so gross so you will notice it when it's on netflix it's like yeah you got to check this out we're the grossest thing on netflix like yeah you are but there's good stuff on here i don't need to watch you
1: (laughs) it's just again it's it is it's a movie that tries way too hard and is a lot it's 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 sound and fury symbolizing nothing. Um, there are a few familiar faces in the cast of this movie, including Robert Lassardo, who people have you seen, I'm sure, dozens of diff- dozens of different movies, and Tiny Lister, uh, another reunion of Eric Roberts and Tiny Lister in this movie. Uh, Robert Lassardo's character does have his testicles cut out, and then they are cooked and eaten by Dieter Laser, if you want to get the sense of the uh, of the quality of violence that we get in this movie. It's he- not really, like, you don't really, there isn't a lot of extreme Um, visible violence on screen in this movie that really is the one that kind of uh, springs to mind the most it's just a lot of unpleasantness and uh, a lot of when he does uh,
0: rape the uh, wound when Robert Luzardo rapes um, the wound (laughs) of Dietrich Lacer that was pretty graphic
1: it's fairly graphic, but yeah, I mean, again, it's when you go into this, you expect to see things that you're never going to be able to unsee. But really, it just made me regret watching the movie as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to talk about Eric Roberts, who plays the, the part of Governor Hughes in this movie. A lot of people still surprised that Eric Roberts found himself in a human centipede movie. Um, his character is basically uh, the voice of authority, who uh, Dieter Laser's boss character, the guy running the prison. He basically has a cut down on costs uh, And impress this governor Or he's going to get fired And the place is going to get shut down Which is what kind of prompts uh, The idea of the human centipede As a cost cutting measure Doesn't really make sense If you think about it at all um, So Bill, uh, so, Bill uh, so Eric Roberts shows up <sharp inhale> Near the beginning of the movie And then he comes back at the end uh, To kind of see what they've done to Kakas He gets to witness the human centipede I imagine that was a fun day on set <laughs> uh, he, And he gets A couple of great reactions He then uh rejects the idea outright Which leads uh, uh, Bill Boss to have a b- bunch Of violent confrontations Before returning once again to say that it actually is a great Idea That's what Eric Roberts does in this movie How do you think he acquits himself, Charlie? Um he out of all the things I've seen him in he looks the most bored he
0: this is a very <laughs> very very phoned in performance um because he comes in he kind of has his scene sitting in the office he leaves comes back later his horrified face doesn't look like he's seen a monstrosity of a uh, violation of human rights it looks like he just saw someone trip and scrape their knee and he's like oh uh darn are you yeah whatever and his relevation of this is great and I need to go back in and tell them this is the greatest idea. Looks like he woke up from a nap.
1: Yeah. I almost I almost thought that that was a dream sequence because of how it kind of comes together uh, at the end of the movie. It, it, And maybe you can interpret it that way, but you're right. That switch does not seem very convincing.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, also, this is a minor weird note, but he looks really weird in this film. As a senator, he has this... <laughs> sort of mullet thing going on with his hair and he's wearing a suit that doesn't exactly fit. That's true. That is absolutely true. He looks like I, he does not look like a uh, governor. He like he looks way more like a governor, uh, a modern day governor in Cyclops than he does in this film. <laughs> they had to switch them. The cost, the hairs would have looked a bit better too. But he he looks kind of like the sketchy guy on heroin who just walked in on set, and they're like, "Oh, you can play the governor. Put on the suit and go over there and say these lines." Liam, do you
1: agree that Eric Roberts looks like a strung out heroin addict in this movie?
0: No, not at all. He looks like a strung out coke addict, actually. Right.
1: Uh, uh, ah, yeah, yeah, subtle <laughs> difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Heroin addict couldn't keep that suit so clean, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, he is just not present in this movie at all. And it was a role that he could have. I f- I feel like he could have brought a lot to. I mean, they, they they never really say what state this is, do they? Do they ever say that?
1: Oh, I don't think Texas. so. It's it's. I mean, ad- you, it's, I think we all interpreted that it was Texas. Well, it's a but I'm not sure. Much, if they... I feel like it is. It's the George W. Bush. Uh, oh, that's right. He actually mentions that. That's right. But so there I feel is like no. Had- but there
0: is no George W. Bush Penitentiary. So satire, I, Liam. I look this but up. that's what I'm. But that's what I'm saying. It's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to be Texas, but they never directly say it. If you're right. playing the governor of Texas, like, come on eric roberts come in there he and he and han like he's just so and don't get me wrong he's on screen with this Dieter dude who is literally jerking off half the movie so uh, of <laughs> oh course God. he's that's he's, actually he's, accurate <laughs> yeah but that's what i'm saying like he's he's not going to be able to compare to that so maybe he decided to play it more respectable but it's it's not it it's it, and it's worse <laughs> because it's a movie that i don't think is very good so in the okay. end the fact that he's bored, I'm like, well, I have to fucking watch this, Eric Roberts. Like, if
1: you're not into this, let's both leave. Like, I don't understand why we're doing this right now. Couldn't you warn me ahead of time that I didn't need to to do this? Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I feel feel like it was a conscious choice in some ways to be a more restrained um, uh, version of this governor because of how – over the top that Dieter Laser is playing his part so, so his reaction to all this craziness that's going on Should be in some ways reflecting what the audience is seeing, right? So it'd be like, how could you do this? What are you thinking? This is disgusting And then at the end you're supposed to see Oh, he is a piece of shit as well And he's going to accept it all Because it's going to save him money and get reelected Or something like that, right? But it just doesn't play And again, it's not necessarily his fault entirely It's really the movie itself letting him down But it also is a very disinterested uh performance as a whole. And it does seem like it's not necessarily that he doesn't want to be there, but that he's in a different movie. One that isn't doesn't feature Dieter Laser with this giant fucking uh cowboy hat and looking like a a, a cancer patient going through chemo and uh with with like this hairless Crazy, almost alien esque look, and of course you even have Lawrence Harvey. We haven't really talked about there. I think Lawrence Harvey is a perfectly reasonable actor. Very odd looking dude.
0: Uh, I, I want to toss out that um, it's bizarre in this film because uh, the first one he's mute. Yeah, in or in second one. I mean, the right. First one he's in. He does not say a single word in that film. He makes some noises and grunts. It is uh, mostly a silent film. He does not say anything. Right. And uh, upon hearing his performance, and especially his, uh, he's a British actor. His yes. attempt at doing a uh, southern accent. I really, <laughs> really understand why he decided to play mute the first film, and I think it's a better performance because of it.
1: I think that when he's using his accent, his 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 legitimate accent, that he he actually is a fairly strong. Actor especially for these kind of genres, roles But, but and it has such a distinctive look That he can kind of ride that anyway but you're right the, Him doing that su- that southern accent With that weird kind of British tinge to it is, uh I mean it just kind of adds to the, the Surreal aspect of it but I guess It does lead us yeah, to the question nice <laughs> It does lead us to the center Of this very podcast which is Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in the Human Centipede 3 final sequence Starting with our guest Charlie what do you think uh, well, comparatively to
0: everyone else, is he the man? I guess kind of by default, because he's the least embarrassing out of everyone. But I don't even think I can give him that. I, I The fact that he said yes takes away any the fucking man credit he could have. I'm going to say we, no.
1: We find a balance, but it ends on no. Liam, is he the fucking man? No. Wow. I'm I'm disappointed in the both of you, but I'm also disappointed in Eric Roberts' performance in The Human Centipede 3. We're going to get a rare agreement here. Eric Roberts, not the fucking man in The Human Centipede 3 final sequence. And also, the movie is fucking awful. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just... unless let's not beat around the bush here. Everyone
0: listening, we did not like this film. It is bad. You should not watch it.
1: Yeah, I mean, again... If you're the kind of person who's going to watch The Human Centipede 3, you probably have already watched it. So there's really nothing I'm telling you that's any bit new. But it's not very good. And I know it has a fan base as well. I was on uh, the Letterboxd website earlier. And I could see there are people who really enjoy these films and more power to you. But I will say, you're wrong. These are bad movies. Yeah. Tom Six is a bad director. And uh, try to open your fucking mind a little bit and watch something that isn't shit.
0: Yeah, there's really garbage. great God offensive goddamn, horror films that
1: aren't this yeah, like one of Charlie's movies. Hey, I haven't actually made a horror film yet, aside from a short. Right. Well, time to get on that, so people don't have to to risk going out and watching the Human Centipede three. They could watch your latest horror film. I'll I'll try and work on something that's not as uh, that's equally gross, but you know, good. Right. That's probably uh, keep reaching for the stars. And of course, you could also, listeners, watch the film Creed starring Liam O'Donnell. Shut up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's relax. Let's let's get our heads back on straight. Uh, we're going to uh, have a little chat with Charlie, and we're going to say goodnight just after this. Eric Roberts is the fucking man Episode number 48 is in the can I want to thank our guest Charlie Lawton For coming in and talking to us About Cyclops and the human centipede From 2015 Sorry that you had to go through that Charlie But I really (laughs) appreciate you taking the time uh, Out of your very busy schedule To chat with us about Eric Roberts And some of his roles Where can people find you and your work online Charlie?
0: Uh, well, you can find uh, through Intiordi Entertainment is the production company I normally work with. And aside from that, you can find myself on Facebook. I share a lot of links and things on there. Same with Twitter. Uh, Dr. Clotton, Dr. Underscore Clotten. Um And yeah, I'm hopefully going to be having a... The plan is to have a lot more film screen this year. We're s- wrapping them up and submitting to festivals. So watch this space.
1: We will be watching... This space, and we will of course be keeping our eyes and ears out for your film deadline coming soon to a uh, a, a theater near you, possibly film crossed. festival near you. Fingers crossed, but at the very least, there'll be ways for you to see it in the very near future. Thanks again, Charlie. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you going through. The, you watched all three Human Centipede movies for this, so you deserve some sort of fucking award. Well, I, I'd see uh, the
0: first one. I was like, you know what? Uh, if I'm gonna watch the third one, I gotta. Well, bite the bullet and watch the second one i'm of completionist that way and uh yeah that was that was not fun if i will also say uh human 73 is one of the only films i i normally never turn off films right unless i was watching it for this podcast i would have turned it off like halfway through it was like i've seen everything this movie's gonna tell me there's nothing that's it's i've seen it i don't need to finish but i was like fuck i have to for this podcast
1: I hear you. Look, Liam and I made a blood oath So we had to watch it start to finish But if a guest told me, you know what I just couldn't make it through it What could I say? They didn't make a blood oath They shouldn't have to put themselves through this I do have to say, watching all three of the movies was More than I would have asked you to do But I understand exactly where you're coming from I feel like watching the third movie uh, Sometimes it's, it's hard to be As critical as I want to be Without having seen the second film Which is the only one of the three I haven't seen So maybe one day I'll go back and visit it so I have the full concept of what this human centipede trilogy is all about. Uh, however, I, more I, likely, I, it, you don't have to. <laughs> however, more likely, I will never do that <laughs> because fuck that. Uh, and so, <laughs> but, uh, but again, Charlie, thank you so much. Liam, so much going on at Cinepunks.com lately?
0: Yeah, a lot. Uh, we've added a new show to the family, uh, got me a movie. Just what we need,
1: more competition in terms of our podcast, Liam
0: Well, it's not Eric Roberts-based, so I think we'll be okay Uh,
1: What if someone launched an Eric Roberts-based podcast tomorrow And would be like, look, I'm going to destroy the one other existing Eric Roberts-related podcast Would we just give in, Liam? No, I'd find them and hurt them I have not yet begun to fight, Liam
0: Okay, that's fair
1: What's this new podcast about?
0: Well, you know, it's uh, Lori and Andrew from uh, the Vincent Price's Laugh podcast, where they're more focused on horror films, and they realized they were getting a lot of requests from people to talk about um, other uh, kinds of movies. So they thought, let's right. take this uh, chemistry to another show where we talk about um probably I, I'm thinking they're gonna be talking about more newer films, um, and things that aren't necessarily uh genre specific.
1: Wait, are you trying to tell me that this is a podcast about movies?
0: I know. It's crazy.
1: It's crazy. It really unique concept, I think. But uh you also Breaking have some other that's right. You have some other podcasts launching soon as well. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, May first, uh, we the Black Sun Dispatches is a short story podcast. Uh, mostly, I think creepy stories. I think some of them might be kind of funny too. But uh, for the most part, it's it's kind of I, I wouldn't don't know that I would go so far as to say it's a horror podcast. But it's also a, a very creative short story podcast. So right, uh, it's hard to predict how it will be but i've heard the first two episodes and the stories are really good
1: terrific i'll be looking out for those and you can check them out over at cinepunks.com and uh, we'll of course have itunes links once they're ready to go as well anything else going on liam where can people find you
0: uh probably the most obvious places are either at cinepunks on twitter where we you know talk about all kinds of uh things related to the site and movie stuff or if they want to just follow me on twitter for some strange reason i'm at liam rules that's r-u-l-z
1: l-z right z idiotic but that is what it is or Z for <laughs> us zed that's right zed for us in the uh, in the queen's english that's what we say zed <laughs> You can find me on the internet at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y over on Twitter. You can also find me over at uh, the No Budget Nightmares podcast, which is making its triumphant return. It may actually be available uh, by the time you are listening to that. You can go over to NoBudgetPodcast.com and check out what's going on with that. You can also find No Budget Nightmares on Facebook if you do a search for No Budget Nightmares. You can also find Eric Roberts is the fucking man over on Facebook. Just look a search for Eric Roberts is the man over there or go on Twitter at E-R-I. TFM. If you want to subscribe If you want to leave us a review on iTunes If you want to check out all of our previous episodes Just go over to ericrobertsistheman.com Not affiliated with the actor Outside of our obsession with him And the blood oath that Liam and I have made To cover all aspects of his career For as long as either of us shall live Isn't that correct, Liam? It's true On your funeral stone Wait, cemetery stone, your uh tombstone is what I was trying to say. Liam, on your tombstone, what would you like it to say?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Mhm. Um, probably uh uh something about so something that that makes it sound like I was good at things.
1: All right, I have an idea. How yeah. about it says, "Here lies Liam O'Donnell." uh 1980 what year were you born 1979 1979 2018 let's say um <laughs> eric roberts is the fucking man
0: <laughs> no thank you
1: no thank you all right well that's your opinion we have to close up the eric roberts bag for another week we're going to be back 2 weeks from today with two new original awesome Eric Roberts classics. Please return with us then. But for now, we have to say goodnight. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everyone. Eric Roberts is the fucking
0: man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can